Hi, I'm Paul Shepard, your holistic mindset and anxiety coach, and welcome to the Mindset Change Podcast. Experiencing anxiety and stress is exhausting and can often feel like there is no way out when you are struggling with negative thoughts and feelings that don't ever seem to go away. I know what it's like. I suffered with anxiety for years and its additional therapy approaches that I sought out just didn't work for me, leaving me feeling like I was a failure. I couldn't see a future without anxiety holding me back. One day, after nearly giving up on life, I was hit by an epiphany that I was approaching this all wrong. When I changed my approach to healing anxiety, I finally began to heal. And here I am today to show you some of what helped me heal even faster. Keep listening if that sounds good to you, especially to the last strategy, as it rocked my world. Hi, I'm Paul Shepard, your holistic anxiety and mindset coach. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you three very simple and powerful strategies that can take managing negative thoughts and feelings to an even higher level. Are you ready? If you're new to the show, welcome. Please subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And with that, let's dive right in. Big thank you to JDog12 for your review. Really glad you are enjoying the meditations. Your brain will love you for that. And to Cook Soul too. Thank you so much for sharing the love and let me know what you enjoy about the podcast. It really does mean a lot to me. Now, before we begin, I wanted to let you know something, something very important. And that is, no matter how it feels, no matter what your mind says to you, anxiety can heal. I think one of the biggest lies I fell for, and I know a lot of people bring to my door, is the story inside their mind that says anxiety isn't ever going to be healed. It's going to be with them for life. I promise you, with the right approach, it can just begin to die away back to anxiety management in context, which is important for a happy, healthy life. I mean, after all, anxiety keeps us safe when it's dialed down to the right levels. The biggest source of misery with anxiety is our relationship with it and not the actual anxiety experience itself. I know that can be tough to hear because some of the symptoms, panic attacks, uh, nausea, tightness in the chest can feel excruciating. I know I've been there, but my fight with it, my relationship with it made it so much worse. If you're experiencing anxiety and you really would like to have some coaching and help, do reach out. Contact me through the show notes. We can have a chat, find out what your needs are. I can explain to you how I work and you can decide from there. One of the main focuses to help heal anxiety and stress is to help your limbic system, which is your survival and emotional part of the brain, to calm down. It's overstimulated and overreactive, hence the way you can be easily triggered into feeling panic, anxious or stressed. Now for some of you, anxiety isn't always very obvious. It can be very subtle, like an undercurrent in the background keeping you tense in the face, jaw, neck or shoulders, or like me, it goes straight to my gut. It feels like a wash machine on a slow wash. So we have to take pressure off of your nervous system to help calm down your limbic system so that you can begin to manage thoughts 
thoughts themselves can add a lot more pressure. It's not a great cycle. If your body is struggling, then we can have more in the way of negative thoughts, which adds more pressure to the body. Or you can have negative thoughts that trigger your body to feel more uh, under pressure, and that triggers more negative thoughts. Pretty vicious. And the funny thing about negative thoughts is this. The thought itself, the negative thought itself, isn't normally the issue. It's our reaction and perception of the thought that can be the main problem. Now, I think most of you would have heard of CBT, which is cognitive behavior therapy. That's a great way of training the mind to experience thoughts differently, to begin to look at them with a bit more rationality. But the one thing I find with CBT, which I don't think is addressed enough, is that when the limbic system hijacks you, your prefrontal cortex, which is the brain's controller that deals with rationality, spatial awareness, logic, that gets reduced in function. And when it's reduced in function, trying to think rationally is incredibly difficult. I used to get infuriated that whilst I knew something couldn't be true because it was just so irrational and terrifying, I couldn't bring forward that sensible, rational part of me because the anxious, stressed and frightened part of me make those negative thoughts feel so real that I couldn't help but believe them. And then later on, when the limbic system had calmed down and my prefrontal cortex was now back in action, I would look in disbelief at what I was believing. And I know a lot of you feel the same way. You know the logic, but when you feel anxious, the logic goes out the window. Remember that that is completely normal. When our survival mode has been triggered, we're not meant to be rationalizing our danger whatsoever. Hence why it's so difficult. But that's great if there's a tiger in the room. But the reality is most of us are not fighting for survival today. We're dealing with emotional dangers where rationality would be very welcome. Now, there are a lot of strategies in regards to managing thoughts. But here are three of my favorites, which if you play around with, can have a big impact on how you experience negative thoughts. You ready? Now we're going to make each technique even more powerful using some breath work. I was such a shallow chest breather when I had anxiety. I used to even breathe in through my mouth a lot. Yikes, that put my nervous system under unnecessary pressure. And well, learning to breathe properly was one of the biggest things that changed my anxiety forever because it takes pressure off the nervous system. So just to give you a heads up on how to breathe, just breathe in through the nose, breathe down to the belly if you possibly can, it will get deeper as you practice, and then breathe out very slowly through your mouth. That's a great way of reducing anxiety, do five or six of those very slowly, feel your belly expand, and then blow slowly out. The longer the out breath, the more you trigger the parasympathetic nervous system, which tells the brain you are safe and begins to turn off your alarm system. By breathing down to the diaphragm, you trigger the vagus nerve, 
which also triggers parasympathetic nerves and tells the brain you're safe. So you're doubling down on that message, taking back control. So let's go through the first technique. This is incredibly simple and literally takes only a second to do. So let's give this one some context. When we are anxious or stressed, our field of vision narrows to focus on the apparent threat. Absolutely wonderful if we are in danger, but maybe not so much if we are not. And most of us, as I said earlier, are not fighting for survival today, thankfully. So we are safe. And despite the mind playing out negative fantasy futures, which don't exist, we are safe and we can remind ourselves of that. But our field of vision focuses on the apparent threat. It narrows right down. So I'd like you to do, you can do this anywhere, is focus on breathing to your belly in through the nose and out through the nose. Let's get that rhythm moving. Reconnect with your breath. Now, as you look forward, soften your focus slightly and then begin to move into panoramic vision or another name for it is peripheral vision. So you're expanding your view, not just in front of you, you're moving and expanding your view to as far left and as far right as you possibly can. So you're taking in your whole current environment. So now you're moving into peripheral vision. So for example, I'm sitting here, I can see a wall and I can see far over to my left, a window. It's just an awareness. Now, whilst I'm in peripheral vision, oh, I love that feeling. My brain slows down completely. It's as if there are no thoughts whatsoever. And if I narrow my field of vision, I'm currently looking at my desk and my microphone. I can become aware of thoughts beginning to creep back in. And as soon as I move back into peripheral vision, panoramic and just begin to breathe and connect with the breath oh it's so peaceful so still what about you what happens when you explore going into panoramic peripheral vision do you get a sense of what that's like for you now let's move back to normal, focus forward again. Let's do an experiment. Bring on a negative thought, something that you're worried about, nothing too strong. Let's not go uh, too intense. Begin to worry. And then as you're worrying, begin to move your field of vision, soften your eyes, move your field of vision into paramic mode. So you're moving into peripheral vision and become aware of what happens. Remember to connect with the breath, telling the brain you're safe. And to take this even further, remind yourself that what you're experiencing with the negative thought is a false alarm and that you are safe. I love that technique. So simple, very effective. Clients love it when we practice it. Sometimes there's a little bit, oh, I'm not sure if I'm doing this right. But with a bit of practice, they soon get it and they can use that whenever they wish.
Strategy number two. Now, who would have thought boredom would be a great negative thought killer? Try this. Okay, if you're in a position where you can bring on a negative thought, again, nothing too intense because we're only practicing. What I want you to do is bring in the negative thought and we're going to change your relationship with it a little because you're going to welcome, allow and accept the thought to be there. What we normally do is try not to think of negative thoughts, which just tells the brain that this must be something important and therefore it can amplify it and can keep replaying it on a loop. Not much fun. So by bringing the thought into your mind, welcome, allow and accept the thought to be there. Begin to focus on it with a bit of curiosity. Where does it appear to you? Does it appear in front of you, this thought? Above you? A bit further away? How close to your face does it seem? And how strong is the feeling when you begin to see this thought? Where is the feeling? Now remember, don't forget to connect with the breath, breathing in through the nose and down to the belly. And this is incredibly simple. Your goal is to try and keep the negative thought there for as long as you possibly can. To hold it in your field of vision. And as soon as your mind gets bored, which it will, and then it wanders to another thought or something else because it's saying, come on, let's think of something else. I want you to bring your attention back to the thought again. And again, refocus and try and keep your attention on that thought. How long does your attention last each time? Give it a go. Now, if you'd like to do something a little bit extra with that thought, I'd like to feel kindness, compassion and gratitude towards the thought, even though it's negative, because it's only a thought. And it's a reminder that something in my life might be out of balance, so I'm not going to shoot the messenger. And try and hold kindness, compassion and gratitude at the same time as anxiety. You can't. It begins to evolve and change. Now, this third strategy changed how I experienced thoughts forever. And it's a fantastic tool if you are very visual. Plus, there's a lot you can do with this, as you'll discover at the end of this strategy. Learning this thought process actually helped me lose weight. I kid you not. So let's go into the strategy and see if we can get a feel of how this works for you. Now, not everyone gets it. That's okay. We're all very different. When I teach strategies, I like to play around. It's like a big experiment because one person will say, oh, that strategy is one of the best I've ever experienced. And another person will look at me as if to say, nope, nothing at all. Okay. Bring on a negative thought. Nothing too strong. Something worrying you. And 
become aware of, again, where does it appear? Now, it's likely to appear in front of you to trigger the survival response. And it tends to appear very close. Remember to connect with the breath. Breathing down to the belly, slowly blowing out through the mouth. And whilst you're looking at the thought, the worrying thought, become aware of how you feel. And slowly begin to move the thought away from you, like it's on a screen. Gently move the thought, not too fast, so it becomes a bit smaller and there's some space between you and the actual thought. Just get a sense, as it moves away from you, how does it feel? Now let's take it to another level, literally. I'd like you to, if you can, move that thought slowly down towards the floor, beginning to shrink it a bit more as it begins to move towards the ground. Now I'd like you to look down on that small, tiny thought. How does it seem to you now? Now let the thought disintegrate, becomes nothing, and then repeat. Bring the thought on and become aware of where does it appear now? Does it appear in the same place? That's okay if it does. Or does it seem a little bit further back? Does it seem just as clear as it did before? Or is it changing in, does it look a bit more faded, a bit more darker? And again, Take the thought, begin to move it away from you very gently, not too fast. Breathe into it, connect with the breath. Begin to lower the thought towards the floor, looking down at that shrinking thought becoming smaller and smaller. Now what tends to happen, the more we repeat this, is that the thought becomes quite insignificant, irrelevant, because we're training the brain to have a new response to it. Now we're not moving it too quickly away from us because we're not in danger from the thought. If we do move it too quickly, the brain could amplify it. And I suspect why this might work so well is that as part of an evolutionary process, negative thoughts often appear very large, very colorful, very clear, and very close to the face. And I think this is an evolutionary tool we developed to make sure we acted on the thought triggered by the survival response to save our lives. A dull, faded and small thought is going to have less of an impact. We're not likely to react with it into a survival response. So a big, giant, IMAX-style image that's very close is likely to get us into that reactive state to save our lives. By reducing the thought... By training yourself to change the consistency of the thought, the size, the distance, lowering it down towards the ground, so we become bigger than the thought, and we're reducing its importance by size, and as it becomes smaller, it will feel more insignificant. So you're training your brain to have a different response to a thought that could have terrorized you, so you are taking back control. So how did I lose weight with this thought? Well, I experimented with it with my cheap chocolate addiction I had years ago. 
My body really struggled due to an overindulgence in milk chocolate, cheap chocolate. And I did this very process and I remember it very clearly. I was going for a run. Wasn't the greatest of runs. I was really struggling, sweating away, wasn't very healthy. And I just pictured the chocolate as I was running and it was there right in front of me. I could feel my mouth watering at the thought. And then what I did was I reduced the image in size and I moved the image to my left. Now I'm right-handed. So for me, when I moved an image to my left, it strangely lost appeal. And then by moving the image far away, even further to the left and even smaller, I began to feel differently about it. It's like I lost interest. I repeated that a few times and I remember even flicking with a hand gesture, the thought away. What was interesting was I lost interest in chocolate after that. When I did try to force myself to eat one, and I did, it tasted off like it was fatty, like I'd eaten, reminded me of eating a kebab where you get that coating of fat on the roof of your mouth. How gross is that? Um, and to this very day, I struggle to eat it. I don't eat it. I prefer dark chocolate instead. This process is called unconscious landscaping, and it changes the order of how your brain processes certain imagery that have an emotional impact on you. Now, I remember another client doing this with cheesecake, and they literally went to a patisserie after our session and struggled to eat a slice because it tasted metallic. So they then went into Brighton, into the city, and bought more cheesecake, and it all tasted metallic. Now, I've no idea why the brain made my chocolate bars taste fatty or why it made my client's cheesecake taste of metal. I also remember another client who did this with Sauvignon Blanc, and... <laughs> They came back complaining it tasted of wet dog hair. Our minds are so weird. If you do know how that might have happened, do let me know in Apple reviews. I would love to understand this more. But unconscious landscaping is a great way to change so many things that are going on with the way that thoughts can have power over you. If you or anyone you know is struggling with anxiety or stress, then I would really recommend New Mind Wellness's Stress Support Formula Supplements. As anyone knows, buying supplements can be costly, but this is brilliant because everything is in one tiny sachet. All your vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, ancient herbs and flower remedies, and the top essentials I recommend to my clients, including ashwagandha, magnesium glycinate, and L-theanine. There's even a new probiotic version too. If you'd like to give them a try, you can get 20% discount off of your order by using the code PAUL20 in the checkout box. The link is in my show notes. And let's get back to the show. So there you have it. Three simple strategies for managing negative thoughts in a variety of ways. The more you practice, the easier they become, thanks to the wonders of neuroplasticity, which is your brain's ability to create new brain patterns of behavior. Yes, no matter how old we are, we can learn new tricks. Do you want to explore more of unconscious landscaping? 
feel free to reach out in the show notes. We could have a chat and discuss what it could do for you. If you enjoyed and found this episode useful, share the love and leave a review as I want to reach as many people as possible to help them heal anxiety and create some powerful life-changing mindset shifts. Thank you so much for listening. Stay awake and aware and have an amazing day.